It's great to begin a new year uh, and to begin a new year in the beginning, which is a wonderful way to start. Um, So we begin with this creation story, and we see the amazing uh, hand of God in those in that first chapter, in those early verses. And um, I, I'm just grateful to be back in California. When I was uh, in the interview process, uh, I flew uh, through Los Angeles and then up the state of California looking out the window to see the, this beautiful state in which we live. And for the holidays, Marilyn and I actually drove down to Palm Springs to see her brother. And so we drove down this beautiful coast and we saw this amazing green trees and grass everywhere and and even some wonderful snow-capped mountains. It was absolutely a gorgeous drive. The beauty of God's creation is something that we should not take for granted. Uh, It is such a gift to us. Uh, One of the other things I like to say, at the end of the year I was in the Bible reading program and it, it ended through Revelation, no surprise, Uh, the last book in the Bible, and I want to point out to people that Revelation says um, the seas will be no more. And so uh, that that really should not be understood literally, but I just want to take it that way because it means that I need to scuba dive now to enjoy the beauty of God's creation because at some point it won't be here anymore, so i got to take advantage of the opportunity while I can. Now, how many of you have been underwater? How many have been snorkeling at least, scuba diving? Three-quarters of the world's pop, uh, uh, surface is underwater, and it is amazing and beautiful. And we want to enjoy the beauty and goodness of God's creation. But another part of that beauty of God's creation was that he created us. He created humankind, and he immediately made us co-workers with him as he made us in his image. And he, and he told Adam and Eve to start caring for the creation and naming the animals, immediately there was this, this great wonder of working together with God that he gave us as his creation. But of course, almost immediately, we also learn of the fall. Now, I, wouldn't it be nice to spend a little more time in the first chapter? Just, just let, let's extend that book just longer. But the truth is, the only world we know is the broken world, the fallen world. The story of the fall of Adam and Eve disobeying God is, is right up front, and it is the reality in which we live. And by the way, none of this nonsense about it's Eve's fault. They were, they were both there. They both knew the rules. They both broke the rules, and it was bad news. But I also want to talk about one other verse that we kind of race right by in that chapter. In chapter 3... Verse 8, it says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden of the cool of the day. I want you to picture that image. In this beauty of God's creation, God is walking in the garden. He's there to, to hang out with Adam and Eve. Now, I don't, I don't know how your uh, uh, vacation time went, your, your Christmas holiday time went, but um, I hope that at least at some point in there, you were able to have some just wonderful, warm hangout time with some people you loved. Now, I know sometimes uh, 
hanging out with family is not always warm and fuzzy. But, but I hope you had at least some of that time to be reminded of the wonder and goodness of relationships, especially after the year we've been through where this social distancing has kept a lot of us apart. I know we really enjoyed being able to see some family in Southern California uh, over the holidays, but I want you to picture that God, when he created this world, had this pattern of being there in the garden in the cool of the evening hanging out with his creation. But of course, that's not where the story ends. The verse continues, And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. See, because they had sinned, they now had shame. And so now instead of being glad to see God, they were hiding from God. They didn't, they didn't want God to, to see them because they knew they had done something wrong. They felt guilty and ashamed. They had hid from God. And I wonder, I wonder if, if that isn't also sometimes our story. I wonder sometimes in our own brokenness, in our own sin, in our own selfishness, I wonder if sometimes we wouldn't just as soon hide from God. We, we, we don't want to be confronted with the reality of our lives. You know, sometimes when we hear the word repentance, we hear it as an accusation uh, because uh, basically when someone brings it up, they're saying they know you, you need to repent. But, but the, truth of the, the truth of the word repentance is repentance is an invitation. God invites us into relationship. God invites us to experience his forgiveness, his renewal, his grace, so that we can enjoy that fellowship with him afresh, so that we don't have to carry shame, so that we don't have to carry guilt anymore. But God asked the question, where are you? Because they were hiding from him. I wonder if we don't do the same. And I don't know that we, you know, hide behind a tree. I think what we just try to do is maybe not think about it. Just maybe, maybe kind of do life on our own terms and, and try not to think about what God might want or what God might expect of us so that we don't have to feel bad about it. That's called denial. Some of us are really, really good at it. But... Genesis then begins. This, this uh, first book of the Bible then begins this incredible story of God's relentless plan to redeem his people. From throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, what we see over and over again is how God comes back to his people and he calls them back into a relationship. They mess up and he calls them back. They mess up and he forgives them and invites them back over and over again. And as we read through the scripture, as we read these stories of how God's people either are obedient or disobedient, we can learn from their mistakes as well as from their victories. We can see what they do and we can go, well, either I want to live like that and experience those consequences or I, I know now not to live like that so that I don't have to experience those consequences. The people of the scripture can be our mentors, whether good or bad. We can learn from them as we hear their stories and their walk with God and as how God reveals then 
his character and his desire to redeem his people because it is indeed the road to redemption in which we live our lives. We live in this time between the first coming and the second coming. We live already through faith in Christ, through Jesus' death and resurrection. We live with the assurance of forgiveness. We don't have to walk with guilt and shame anymore because Jesus died for us to forgive us. We need to experience and know that word, but by the way, it's hard to remember. And so sometimes we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to remind us. Sometimes we need our pastors who pretty much every week remind us that in Christ you are forgiven. And that means you can approach and be in the presence of God. There is no need to hide. There is no need to be afraid because he's invited us in. Not only that, He has renewed the partnership that started in the garden. And he's asked us to care for one another and to care for this world. And through the Holy Spirit, he gives us gifts that we can use to bring hope to a world that is hiding from him. Hope to a world that is still caught in the shame and despair of sin and brokenness because they don't yet know the love and mercy of God that comes through Christ. And we can be both examples and words to encourage them and invite them into this beautiful relationship with the living God. When I started taking my faith seriously, I, I really loved prayer. I thought prayer was a wonderful thing. You see, in around the fourth and fifth grade, my parents divorced. And my dad had never been a part of the church. He never came to church with us. I don't remember once, even on Christmas or Easter, I don't remember my dad ever being in church with us. It might have happened, but I don't recall it. But after I went off to college, my dad had a conversion experience. My dad, through one of his friends, was brought to faith. And he began to take his faith very seriously. And he would read his Bible every day, and he would pray every day. He would pray for the people in his lives, the people he knew that were hurting. He would pray for them and lift them up. But then I heard this very sad thing from my dad early in his faith walk. He said, I don't pray for myself because that would be selfish. I said, Dad, God loves you. He, he wants to know what your needs are. He wants to know what you're struggling with. And he wants to respond and, and be there for you. It's okay to ask God for what you need. When you ask in Jesus' name, he, he answers according to his character and his love. He won't give you what he doesn't think you should have for your best. He will give you what any good father would give. He'll give you what is best for you. So please Don't be afraid to pray. And then there are times, maybe some of you have experienced this too, when I feel like I'm praying to the air, or some people would say to a a wall. I'm just, I'm not, it feels like a one-way conversation that prayer is just me telling God what I want or what I think, but but I I don't hear him speaking back to me. And yet the scripture teaches us My sheep hear my voice. 
They know my voice and they follow me. So I've begun to learn that God doesn't simply reveal himself in his word, which he does, but he also provides the Holy Spirit so that that word of Scripture comes alive for us. And we indeed can hear God's voice in the reading of the Bible. You know, sometimes, sometimes there are people who think the Bible is just too hard to understand. And maybe you've, you've been in a class with uh, uh, Pastor Jim uh, Bankson, who's, of course, a professor of the Old Testament, brilliant in the Bible, and, and he makes it, you know, so clear. It's like, I could, never, I could never understand it that well. And, you know, maybe you couldn't. But you can hear and discern God's voice. And so that's why it's so important for me, for us at St. Tim's, to begin this journey together through the Scripture in 2022. And we call it uh, uh, Hearing God's Voice. And every day you read about four chapters of the Bible. Four chapters of the Bible. That's a lot. And so I want to make this clear. It's not a Bible study program. Studying four chapters of the Bible a day would be very difficult. It would take a long time. But instead, it's a Bible reading plan. And the idea is as we read those four chapters, we become familiar with God's voice. We become familiar with how God acts and reacts, what God cares about and how he thinks about things. We hear that as we're reading through the Scripture. And then we ask the Holy Spirit just, just make one of those verses out of those four chapters pop out to me so that I know that's the one you want to speak to me through today. And so we, we go back to that one verse then and we study that one verse. We, say, we observe in that verse what's happening there. What's the message of that verse? So we've chosen the scripture. Now we've observed what it's saying. We've studied the text. And then we have the audacity to say, and God, what are you trying to say to me through this verse? How does it apply to my life? How are you teaching me to maybe think differently about you or to think differently about myself? Or how might you be calling me to act differently in my life towards others? Now, first service, only a couple people raised their hands, but I, I know there were more than that in the room that felt... Anybody have anybody in their life that is just kind of annoying? There's a lot more people at second service willing to tell the truth about that. You know, here's the interesting thing that has happened to me in my life, is as I'm in God's Word and as I begin to sense His voice, I call it the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And every once in a while, the Holy Spirit will prompt me to actually walk toward rather than away from that person who's been annoying. And often when I do that, one of the things I find out is there's something going on in their life. There's some, there's some pain, there's some struggle, there's some hardship that they're experiencing. Or maybe I even have done something that hurt their feelings or, or they thought uh, poorly of. And as I begin to, to encounter them and, and get to know them and hear their story... All of a sudden, I begin to realize, here's an opportunity to show God's love and grace. And all of a sudden, I realize that the Holy Spirit is actually working in me a desire to show them 
that grace and love. It isn't easy, but it is how we're called to live. Again, we're called to live in this partnership with Jesus. When he, when he says, come and follow me to his disciples, to those who trust in him, he's saying, come and follow me. I want to show you how to live out the gospel in your life. I want to show you how to experience my presence and how to show my presence. Let my presence shine in your life through you to those people around you. We live in a season. This, this last 20 months or longer now, 22 months, has just been extremely difficult and isolating. And the fear factor just keeps growing People are so afraid of this pandemic and the illness and exposing people or getting exposed. And, and it's, it's a time of great fear in our lives. And we need hope. We need assurance. We need encouragement. And brothers and sisters in Christ, what I want to say to you is as we walk with Christ in a daily way, as we daily ask for forgiveness and receive it, as we daily find the embrace and the presence of God in our lives and we hear his voice and we sense his promptings, he will use us to, to further his kingdom. We, we have Christ as our king and he will give us opportunities to serve in his kingdom so that those around us experience the blessing of his grace and his love. But in order to do that, we need to hear his voice and be willing to do what he asks of us. This following Jesus is a daily reality, if not a moment-by-moment reality. And it isn't easy, because it means we submit our will to his. It means as we hear what he asks of us, we ask and pray for the strength to do it. And that's how the soaping things ends. Once we understand what God is, is asking us to apply to our lives, we then ask him for the courage, the strength, the insight, and the desire to do that very thing in the relationships of our lives so that he can extend his kingdom through us. It's what it means to be the church. And it is a wonderful thing to be a part of this new creation that is coming as God's kingdom is near and is built in our world through his people. St. Timothy's is a great church. It has had a great history, and our future is just as bright as we seek daily to hear God's voice and to live it out in our lives, to be blessed, to be a blessing. Thanks be to God. Amen.